Hello, everyone. Jake and Seth are here today, and we are going to be discussing the recent Disney Pixar film, Onward. It stars, it is an animated film, for those who aren't aware, and the featuring a voice cast, um, pretty good cast. Tom Holland is Ian Lightfoot. The young brother, Chris Pratt, is Barley Lightfoot. The older brother, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, is Laurel Lightfoot, their mom. I didn't realize that was her as I watched, now that I know. Love it even more. And then they've got Octavia Spencer is the other big one as the Manticore. Um, great voice cast. And so the premise of the film is <clears throat> Julie Louis Dreyfus characters, um, Tom Hollins and Chris Pratt. They're a group of elves, family of elves. The dad passed away when Ian, Ian, the youngest Tom Hollins character, was a baby, or I think before he was born. And upon a certain birthday, they learned that their father was an actual wizard in a world that's much like ours, minus instead of humans, it's all magical creatures, but they're very much anamorphic. Is that the right word, anamorphic? Sure. Let's stick with it. Uh, they're very human in like appearance and everything. It's supposed to be like a depiction of our modern world, minus the it being filled with elves and everything and dragons. And they have a spell to bring their dad back for a day. It doesn't go correctly. And so it's them racing to try and complete the spell so they can at least see their dad or let their dad see the type of men, boys, men they've grown into and to see the mom again. And then from there, it turns into um, like a pretty traditional, not traditional, but it becomes a quest film. And it's about their quest to get a magic stone for their staff to complete the spell to talk to their dad. Um and yeah, that's uh, we'll dive in. We'll we'll keep going. But Seth, what we're personally, I came in with kind of low expectations, um, uh, but I liked it. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I, personally, I thought it started off slow, got better as the movie went on. Really liked the last act, the last third. So that's kind of where it uh, it elevated the movie for me. What were your thoughts? Uh, so I sat down. I watched it with uh, Kelly and Brooklyn, who's uh, four years old now, and. Uh, I, she was, uh, we had gotten her before the quarantine. She had gotten a McDonald's Happy Meal and got the van. Um, Guinevere. Guinevere. She got the Guinevere toy. And she kept asking me, what's this van? What's it about? What's it? And I was like, I don't know. Is it about? I haven't seen the movie. Like, I know it's a movie thing. Brooklyn, uh, I love the inquisitiveness. I, I love it. That's awesome. I also... I totally related to the feeling because I can remember like getting like a Men in Black toy or something in at a McDonald's Happy Meal and being like, "What is this Men in Black thing about? Like, why is he in a suit or something?" I didn't. And there's an alien toy. Like, it made no sense to me before the movie came out. It's genius backdoor marketing. I, that definitely used to happen to me. I can't. Mem- I can't remember what. I think it was like a Batman Returns toy that let me know oh, that yeah. the Batman movie was out, and I forced my parents to take me, even though it was not appropriate for my age. Um, that's a yeah. we'll talk. this movie. This movie really started for us with the happy man. Yeah. and then um, <laughs> so what did what did which did you enjoy more, Seth, the happy meal or the movie? Um, personally, I, I think it was better as a as an unsol- as an unknown. <laughs> it was more interesting <laughs> to be that way. Once I started watching it, I was kind of. Um, I think it was honestly, it's probably for a child, probably like six, six, maybe seven years and older. I would say. I think for is a little bit too young to understand everything that's like really going on. Um, especially with the dad, it actually reminded me of another movie we talked about, uh, a little David Bowie movie, uh, called Labyrinth. <laughs> really? Well, it was good. Cause Labyrinth was kind of this kid's movie that had darker themes 
And this was sort of a movie about for kids, but it's kind of about these two brothers that lost their dad and like all the emotions they go through grieving with that and like growing from that. And then, you know, kind of like overcoming it, I guess. No, I, I, now that you say that you're totally right. It's a quest to save a loved one or see a loved one. And it's about like ultimately like life stages and moving on. Wow. I love it. (laughs) Kudos to you, sir. Point to you. Always be connecting. Uh, So ABC, did you say ABC always be connecting? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's that's our new uh, tagline. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I thought like at first I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like they're kind of trying to tackle a darker theme, but then I noticed that it was kind of going over Brooklyn's head, and she was kind of like, why are they so sad here? And like, why aren't they like having fun on their quest? You know, there would be times in the quest where they get angry or something with each other, and she'd kind of be like, why don't they like each other anymore? And it would be hard to sort of explain that to her, but. Um, I, overall though, like, it's kind of like, there's a lot of, the, the, the whole universe is very magical. Every character they run into has another, like, magical fantasy quirk or something. And so she liked a lot of the, she definitely liked the, the motorcycle fairies, I think was probably her favorite, uh, characters. So those were fun. Um, uh, what's I, funny I, is th- those are my least favorite, but I'll let you, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll um, clearly I, we're different but, demos. Like, I guess I, I think I thought the dad was going to come back sooner or something, and there'd be more scenes with him. For the, for, I had like for ninety percent of this movie, the dad is a pair of legs, and it kind of is good comedy in some parts. And I think it kind of is just sort of like a lost opportunity in some parts. What did you make of that? I didn't understand. There seemed to be kind of like a shifting set of rules for him. Like at certain times, like. It, at first, it was you could only hear things through. There were some really cool things like dancing with the sons and like the tapping on, and like so the older son taps on his toes, and you realize that they had right. this like this whole thing they used to do to each other. Like when he was literally tap on his toes to settle him. But for me, it was something that I going into the movie, I didn't think much about it. But once the movie started, and as it kept going on, it kind of came off as a we and one of the things I was going to ask you is how it played with young kids because I don't want to say it was body horror it wasn't but it was very weird and like it worked the humor worked sometimes but generally I just thought it was a weird choice like why not a father like I think it would be better not to have the father there at all and then just like have him racing against or like maybe he was like blind. <laughs> It, it seemed like for the adult humor, they were going for a lot of weekend at Bernie's shtick. Yes, exactly. So that was the thing. It was going. It was all. It was very weekend at Bernie's, and sometimes it hit, sometimes it didn't. I just thought it was. You didn't really need it. Like I think there are other ways to do it without maybe not having him there. Like. Or I, uh, yeah, maybe his hands show up at a different point. And he loses the legs. You know, it's like. Uh, but it's just like they're basically interacting with his legs. <laughs> but like what was weird is the movie went on. So you get the idea that there is an upper half, but like he it's in a different place. You don't really know. Maybe you, they just can't see him, but he can't see where he's going. So he uses the legs to walk around. But some points later in the movie, he like walks up to people and like does things where it's like he had to know. Like he when he starts dancing with the boys, he just walks right up to them and starts dancing yeah. And so uh, it's a little nitpicky, I'm sure. But for me, the legs were, I'll give it a pass. It wasn't like, I I won't give it a grade. I'll give it a pass because I laughed. I'm not going to lie. I laughed at a few of the gags. Generally, I thought it was, it was a pass. It worked, but I think there was probably better creative choice in there or available. Yeah. 
Um, and I, did you enjoy the Chris Pratt character? I think Barley was probably, if any character will be remembered from this, I guess it'd be this Barley character. What did you think of him? What's funny is I didn't like him at first. I thought he's very much cliche. So the Barley character is the older brother, and he is very... He is he's kind of the mentor to his brother, really. He's a mentor. He's like very protective, but he is someone who's like you could say arrested development, Peter Pan complex. He's very much into like a yeah. Dungeons and Dragons thing, into the history of magic, which is important in the film because he's really the teacher. He ends up being the mentor to his brother in magic. Um, and one thing I want to say is, I really actually like the mythology they lay for the magic, but we'll, we'll, I'll dive into that a little later. But I liked Barley. I didn't like him at first. I thought he was a little bit just too cliche, but as the movie went on, they gave him a little more depth. Uh, I thought he improved and really like the, emo- he's the emotional crux of the film, the relationship between him and the Tom Holland character. And I know they normally don't film these together, but I would be curious to know, like I thought they had a good relationship in, within the film. And I'm just curious of like working on those Marvel films together. I'm just always curious. Like, did they actually like, does that help? If not, I'm kind of losing my train here. I really like, I liked Barley by the end. Overall, like I would, I would give him like a BB plus. I do think he'll be one of the more remembered because he is one of the funnier aspects throughout. And even when he's in the beginning, when he's kind of a little more cliche or boxed in, he's, you're getting some good humor out of there off the cliche. And he's the like very outspoken, like activist brother. As we said, he's like a little arrested development. He, he's the type of guy you, you, he's, you've either seen him or he's in your family, or you might be him. Like it's it's a type, it's a what's the name? It's like a archetype that is pretty common. Yeah, it's it's like kind of a man child kind of a thing. Um, not too was, dissimilar from Star Lord. <laughs> no, not too, not yeah, exactly. And uh, I wonder, yeah, I wondered about that Avengers connection between Pratt and Holland. I thought Pratt, you know, he had some funny lines in there, and he's kind of. I would say for the most part, he's like carrying the energy of the movie most of the time. Um, but like also, I thought there were times where he's kind of grating or like you said, a little bit cliched or a little too campy. I, it wasn't like, I didn't find myself really enjoying the movie uh, as, much, as much as I have other animated movies, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If, but like if there was a sequel to this, I don't know if I'd watch it. Um. All right, so, yeah, I liked it. I only saw this movie because we were going to discuss it, and given it was on Disney+, Plus, I thought it, it there was a lot of convenience for me to see this movie. I don't... It's, uh, by the way, it's the second movie that should have been in theaters that I've seen that's come out on stream. I saw The Banker on Apple+, Plus, and this was supposed to be in theaters. So I think it's kind of cool that some of these movies are just, like, being made available, I guess. I do, too. I'm interested. I'm sure there'll be articles about it. Um, I'm interested to learn, like what the economics are of. Obviously they're not getting box office sales, but for Disney, how if it gets, there's a certain amount of viewers that if it brings to their site, it is a win for them. So I'm curious to see how much that will be. I'm imagining, I'm sorry. I imagine it'll be more, I mean, Disney plus for anyone who has kids, I just don't, my, the way I promote it is for less than the price of one ticket to a movie, you can have access to all Disney movies. Like, Great! <laughs> it's a month. It's a month, and I know that adds up. And it's not—I'm not saying it's not a lot, but I don't have kids. But for my own sisters and friends who have kids, like it just seems like it's a huge, huge tool in the toolbox. Yeah, yeah. no, and I think I think the streaming of the movie 
like that should have been theaters. It's more to play to their subscriptions right now and just try to get as many users as they can. Well, it's, so not, I think it's, it's definitely, it's something, it's probably something only they can do. It's one of the few like studios that, cause they're so big and they have so many different yeah. arms. It's like they can take a hit in the box office instead of re-releasing it and just be like, we'll get it out now to also. That's the one thing I will say as a pretty big entertainment fan with Disney plus, they, there's not as much content there as I would have thought, and as much as I love Star Wars and Marvel, they need they need to start producing their original shows a little quicker. I I think they're doing fine. It's not like I also bought the DC Online Universe, which was awful. Like that had two shows and like nothing else. But uh, Marvel, excuse me, not Marvel. Disney really needs to start producing more content. And I know they've got. I've seen the Star Wars Clone Wars shows. Like they need hours and hours of, in my opinion. I will say, yeah, I'm surprised that like the Marvel. You're right. The Marvel and the Pixar is kind of maybe a little smaller than you think, but uh, the Disney library itself, like the fact that you can watch like the 1933 Snow White and like the old Pinocchio and the old Peter. Like I have dived into that library, and I have been a little surprised at like just how many. Like even some of the 80s movies. I watched this, like, there's that weird movie that Billy Joel did a soundtrack to that I watched with Brooklyn from the, it, it was Is it The Rescuers Down Under? It's some. It's something about a dog and a cat, and uh, they, like, live in the city, you know, and he's, like, all these Billy Joel songs about New York, but it was just, like... I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't remember the name. <laughs> I think it's Oliver's New Tune. Yeah, something like Oliver, something like that. I've actually... I like that. I like that. But yeah, there, there's I some weird Disney. I have been pleasantly surprised that like the Disney itself, the, that library is deep. But like that's really you kind of need a kid to like why like you're not gonna like watch that movie by yourself unless you're a really big Billy Joel fan. But now we've gone off on a nice tangent there. That's a nice little Disney Plus tangent. Okay, so bringing it back to onward, um, we talked you about the sequel. Have an idea what you liked about the the spells? You want to get into that? Oh, so yeah, it's, talk. We've kind of walked you through the film. Some of the things I really liked, um, the Manicore character, and that's supposed to be a character. To me, like, my interpretation is she's, like, a famous adventurer who, due to legal, who used to, like, be an adventurer and give out famous maps to all these great things. But due to legal issues, she's now turned her famous pub, which is, like, the Moss Eisley Cantina, or it used to be, into, like, an Applebee's. And she's... It's the idea of a character who is one who's lost her their edge, and yeah. the bo- and the brothers and their quest kind of spur something in her, and she ends up teaming up with the mom, which I thought was a great subplot. Um, Octavia Spencer's manicure, Ju- Julia Louis Dreyfus is the mother, and they have their own subplot, which ends up co- working into the bigger story by the end. But the thing I really loved was the mythology behind the magic, and they they don't spend too much time into it. There's not too much exposition, but there's just like the different levels of spells and, and what you need. It's like speaking with, from your like heart's fire. It's being like conquering right. yourself. And I just thought, as a huge fan of fantasy and high fiction or high fi- high fantasy and fiction, one of the things I love that for me makes it a little more digestible. And it's an art, not a science, but it's giving me enough rules so that I understand, but don't give me enough rule like rules so their limitations if that makes sense it's like star wars in the first yeah. trilogy it's like you have a basic understanding of how they can do like some of these things it's not a complete understanding uh and there's still holes in it like like anytime there's magic or fantasy or whatever but and i think the, the film does a good job of that outside of those two i actually really liked the relationship between the two brothers i don't know if i really loved either character barley was cool and uh I love the Guinevere when he sacrifices Guinevere to like to rescue themselves. Oh yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that was just, a moment. I like that was kind of like a Mad Max moment. <laughs> yeah, and the music is great, and and I think it, and they do a good enough job of building up Gwyneth as a character herself. Where I think I think it's pretty effective, and that to me is kind of where the movies really picks up. And the last thing I was going to say that I liked was the the last act, the third act, and really like the finale where they fight. They end up getting this through this roundabout way. They end up getting the stone to complete the spell. But there's a curse that takes the form of a giant dragon, which in a really clever way, it like breaks off all of this stuff from the school and creates this kind of makeshift dragon out of rubble. And then it uses the dragon mascot like painted on a wall as its face. And oh, I, yeah. I thought it was pretty clever. And there, there ends up being like this a like, school bell when it tried to open its mouth. Yes. And I thought it I thought it was pretty funny. And it, like it was also a fun scene. Yeah. Um I have a question actually about that ending because um, spoilers at the end, older brother Barley does get to meet the father. Younger brother Tom Holland is kind of like stuck in the rubble and kind of just gets to see them talking for a moment. My question to you, Jake, what was the father's true intention? Do you think he thought that they would get him for a full day? Do you think that he thought they'd go on this quest and then sort of see him for a little bit? Do you think, what do you think his real intentions were? I think honestly, his real intention was to see his wife again, maybe make another little baby. But um, uh, that's just—I mean, no. I think honestly, that's a hot take there, Jeff. Um, That—that's that, just honestly, that's right off the cuff. I think uh, digging a little deeper, I actually think if he was this wizard, even if he wasn't a great one, I would have to imagine. I talked before about like high fiction and fantasy. A recurring theme among them is unintended consequences of magic and the danger of, like, necromancy and time travel and all that stuff. So I have to imagine if he was a wizard worth his salt or a warlock or whatever who knew his stuff, he'd probably have a low expectation of success. And he'd honestly probably realize it was a little bit dangerous to, give the to like, put this task upon his sons. But I I, I don't know if I'm reading too much or not enough. But uh, ultimately, it's being a Pixar film, I I wouldn't dig too much deeper, I think. He probably, he probably door, the answer is door number three. It's Pixar. It's Disney. He probably I just, just kind of found myself at the end of it being like, I would like if I was one of the sons, I would have been like, what were you, what were you trying to do? <laughs> maybe that was part of the, maybe they'll answer that in the, uh, in the sequel. Oh, maybe. Um, is there, is there going to be a sequel? Well, I was going to say, but the last thing I really liked was that ending. And we talked about the adult themes and that was actually, I didn't consider that, but after hearing you talk about, uh, Brooklyn, it makes sense. Some of it was ahead of them, but I actually liked that. And I liked the ending was, I talked about being by the numbers at first. The ending wasn't like it ended up being the younger brother made the sacrifice for the older brother. Cause he realized his older brother was the father, the father figure he always wanted, but didn't realize he had, whereas the right. older brother never had that figure. And so he right. wanted to give his older brother a few minutes more with the dad. Also when he learned that he never had a chance to say goodbye. So for me, I thought it was a really adult it wasn't what I expected in the best kind of way and I thought it was really made sense for both characters uh and then it had that sweet thing like at the end where it's basically like the dad's like he just wanted to let you know he was proud for what he did Barley tells Ian that he's the dad wanted to let like hug him and let him know he was proud of the person he became and then Ian's like well that's because of you and Barley's like huh that's what he said too I thought it was a really cool moment I thought it was a sweet moment um, the one thing I think that, like, uh, it's interesting to me that they try to tackle some deeper themes, like in a Pixar movie. I mean, they, I've seen some other Pixar stuff. Like, I remember in Up, the beginning of Up, <laughs> I've seen some people cry through. 
Um, the beginning then, of Up is one of the most beautiful, especially if like when you walk into it not expecting it. It is like yeah. a is it ten or it's like a really rough ten or fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah, even Wally has a few kind of weird things to it. Um, but what about Inside Out? Inside Out's one of the most. Inside Out too. Brooklyn actually really likes that movie. I do too. Idea what's happening? I love that movie. To me, I think that's one of the most powerful movies because it's the to me the point of the movie is expressing the point of sadness and trying to convey the point of negative emotions and how it's good because negative emotions in one person can evoke positive emotions in others. And bring about the best in each other. I, and I think even that, and like, even though Brooklyn doesn't totally understand what's happening in that movie, uh, she like, I think the tonal changes in it are a little better, and the the drama enhances the comedy in the right way. And I think in Onward, there's like kind of a misbalance where you have a lot of dramatic moments, and you do have funny moments, but like, I didn't feel like they were sort of like working together. And I thought, honestly, I thought it needed a little more comedy or, or I don't know. I just, I, well, I didn't think it was the funniest movie ever. This is a great, this is a great transition because I was going to say, I think you just hit the nail on the head. The scene, I brought this up before the dancing scene. And to me, that's a scene I keep coming back to because it, it kind of encapsulates some of the worst things of the movie. And like, there are some forced moments of like emotional connection. Yeah. They're not acting. It's animation. So it's really hard to like criticize, but there's this scene where they're Joel just dancing. The dad hears the music from Guinevere because he's standing on, he starts dancing, he starts dancing to the sons. And it should be, I think, this sweet moment. But for me, it kind of just came off as morbid because you realize it's, it's like the set of legs dancing <laughs> with these guys. And like the two sons are kind of looking at each other. And again, I don't know if it's like the music choice or the animators or the book, but it felt very forced. And, and especially in the beginning, in the beginning, the tonal shift, you mentioned tonal shifts. For me, it was choppy and disorienting in the beginning. I mean, not disorienting, it was a little choppy. And I think you're right. Obviously, I yeah. didn't watch it. Uh, I'm not a kid. I didn't watch it. Didn't have the benefit of watching it with a kid. But there were multiple times throughout the film where I was like, oh, I like this. But how would this play? I'm not the demo. How would this play with the target audience? And so, so yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I, think, I, think there, I think it was a film. We don't talk about that a lot. I think it needed another rewrite or two. It needed a little more fine-tuned. I think there's the bones are good, and I think there's a good message in there. I think they could have added in. What was funny was I didn't like the Pixies, but now hearing that they're Brooklyn's favorite, it makes sense that that was what they were there to do, and now I, I respect the utility yeah. for them. So Yeah, I didn't like them either, but it was like that was what she like kind of she kept waiting for the next scene. She was like, when are they going to show up again? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe but, that's the problem. I think that's the thing in this movie – I guess the way I would kind of define it is like the best Pixar films, the parents and adults are laughing at the same joke for different reasons. This film felt very much more, it was either or like a child was laughing. Again, I didn't watch with the kid, but now from talking to you, it seems like kids are laughing at one minute adults, the next, and that can give you a good movie, but it's not going to give you the toy story. Right. Yeah. Like Kelly and I were kind of laughing at the, um, weekend of Bernie stuff a little bit but, and then Brooklyn would be like why do the legs have like that thing on top like she was just confused by it <laughs> she's just like what like she was like where's the rest of them <laughs> like it, this, that's what the movie's about I guess I, you know I mean <laughs> we talk about heady concepts that is a pretty heady concept like a I guess like a displaced body in two dimensions it's very weird <laughs> uh do you want to do file scores here what'd you say 
Final scores? Oh, final scores, yeah. Let's uh, let's nail it. Um, oh, I guess, was there anything, were there any other critiques you had? I guess we kind of went through those pretty well. Yeah. I think we hit them. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, another rewrite would have helped. It kind of felt, it was kind of like a, a soup that wasn't quite, all, you know, didn't quite cook for long enough or something. That was my, that's my best analogy. How about this? How about like a soup? It was a noodle soup and you dropped in like cold chicken. Yeah. So yeah, it was like you didn't cook the chicken in the soup. <laughs> you got it. Look at this is, we're vibing right now. See, there's no. I like that. That's, that's the perfect analogy. We're vibing. Uh, my final score, I'm going to, in relation to other Pixar movies, like I, I, I like Up and, and Wally and Inside Out, I think more. So I'm going to give this like a 5.5. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I, I was initially much higher. I ended up coming down after talking after talking with you. Um, more so, and I'm sure I've definitely influenced some of it by your opinion, but also understanding that it maybe wasn't as big a win with Brooklyn or kids as I thought it might be. Um, I think, but it's like, if you talk to someone with a six or seven-year-old, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see what their reaction might have been. It's funny when you mentioned the, the age. I, I think there's probably a cutoff. I respected them going for older themes, and I really liked that. And I, but at the same time, I realized that that probably wasn't the most effective. Maybe maybe they're not casting the widest net. So I started off much higher, but I'm I'm bringing it down a bit. I'm going to end up giving it like a six six, and the reason for that is it definitely gave me the feels. Like by the end of the movie, I was definitely feeling what like they wanted me feeling that last act. I thought they had some good pathos with the barley character. Uh, and then the dad and that whole relationship. But I think, yeah, as you said, with the soup reference, like it's, it's half baked. It just, there's something missing from it. However, I overall like the humor. I really like the manicore character. I did. The, you're right about the manicore character. If you like the way they do, it's very funny. There's some good satire there. If you kind of watch it. I, the only thing, well, one of my critique, one of the things I'm going to, I'm going to knock it for here is, I think they wasted the Julia Julia Louise Dreyfus character a bit just to have that talent. And also the one thing that bothered me that it was like a little thing at first, but that was, I thought about it more now that we're talking about it. You talk about this relationship. It's about the brothers and I totally get that, but the mom is really an afterthought and she's the single parent. She's the hero of the film and she's yeah, also true. responsible yeah. for turning. She's more responsible than either of them for turning them into the people they are today and that was just one thing. I feel like I'm always on the soapbox, and I, I'm going to get down. I just want to say it was something that, like, just I think it, talking about needing that third heat, that's why I'm giving it, like, a 6.6, .6, or in my mind, a two-thirds. It was missing something. I'm not sure what. I think it was maybe a combination of things. But overall, yeah. I thought it was pretty effective. There was also a moment I wondered if, uh, like, because the sun sort of setting when they finally recreate the entire dad, and I was like, oh, maybe they'll get, like, a 24 hours from that. And I was like, that would be a nice ending, and, like, all of them can, like, interact with him, and he could go to bed with his wife. I thought there was going to be, like, I thought that, too, and I thought there was going to be this cool moment of the dad, like, making peace with uh, the new boyfriend, and that would make it cool for Barley and the other son, too. Yeah. Like, I was really interested to see... I. Maybe that's the sequel. Maybe if they actually get him for a full day. Yeah, I'm sure it's easy to be like, hey, we got another stone, we can make your dad. Also, I'm just going to say, if the dad was apparently a mediocre or not great magician and he could create the spell, and if Ian is a powerful magician, wouldn't it make sense he could possibly bring him back again? True. All right. Maybe we'll, we'll write the sequel. <laughs> Maybe it'll be, it'll be uh, backwards. <laughs> Time okay. travel. Well, right. that was not right. That, that's onward, and uh, but we're going to have to stop now. Sorry, people. All right.
This is uh, Jake signing off. Seth, you want to, anything to say? Uh, goodbye.